All right, Matthew, what's going on, buddy? What up? How's it going? So welcome to the official episode one of the Be Real podcast. Happy to be here yeah, with I'm Be here Real with, Jose. Here with one of my best friends, Matthew. Um, we've known each other since middle school. What do you remember from that time? <laughs> it's been a long <laughs> ride, bro. Yeah, bro. Men, I mean, met in sixth grade, you know, both came into the school alone. No friends. We didn't know anybody. Yeah. Came with my brother and one of my buddies back in the day, Brian. Man, and we hit it off. We had a little friend group, Nathan, you know, Jose, Robert. We just had a little friend group from the beginning, you know, sixth grade. We started tearing it up. You yeah, know. we were good, bro. We were good kids, man. Middle school's a weird time. All of us there yeah. meeting each other for the first time. I mean, playing basketball in the mornings, fighting there. <laughs> it's just a fun time, but... Remember those days we get to school early just to play basketball and go into first period drenched in sweat. Yeah, it was so normal to us. Like, yeah, always doing stuff. Man, we went into sixth grade, started a little middle school basketball. Oh yeah, damn, it's been a long time, bro. Playing middle school basketball. And then we basketball. went into uh, football and talked about this little story. Uh, never forget eighth grade, no seventh grade, one of the one two. One of those. Uh, we were playing against uh, Palmer Trinity, and the other team, some kid on the other team, just the whole game, just yapping, yapping, and the kid laid out Jose one play. Just went after me, dude. I was a small kid. I was <laughs> so small. I didn't even do anything. He wasn't even in the play, not, nowhere near the ball. And yeah, just picking on me. I go, yo, Jose, what was his number? And I don't forgot what number he just told me. I go, all right, I got you. Watch this. Next Next play. <laughs> Dude, I didn't care where the ball was. I went right after the kid, laid him out. And that's when we're like, yo, we're going to be it. boys this guy's got my forever. Back, <laughs> I remember one time you were about to get blindsided by some kid. And I just like grabbed the crap out of the kid's pads, like super illegal play. And just like, just so you wouldn't get hit. Like <laughs> just stuff like that, bro. We had each other's back since day one. Since middle school days. Crazy, man. I mean, think about all the kids we hung out with in middle school and. Still got a little small group left. Very small. It gets smaller every year. And it's normal. I mean, after high school, you know, everyone goes their separate ways, which kind of knew that, you know, yeah, going yeah. out of high school, you know, everybody goes their own path, you know, kind of sep separate ways with different people. But I mean, you know, I always knew from the beginning, Jose, we're going to be friends for a long time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's different. It's different. You f you feel no animosity towards anyone. You know, it's like yeah, it just happens. I wish them the best. I think they do the same to us and stuff. But. Yeah, still to this day, you know, any <clears throat> any of our friends from middle school, high school, call me. You know, I got their back. Oh, for sure. No matter for what. For sure, no doubt. But that's just how we are too. You know, it's yeah. like that's how we're raised. Loyal. You know, it's just how it is. But. Even some people that you thought you were going to be friends with forever, it's still kind of... Yeah, you go separate ways. It's just everybody goes their own way, and you can't really control it. I mean, it comes to a point, like, you know, guy guy relationships aren't really like girls, you know? Like, we can literally not talk for a month and you can just call each other out of the blue. Yo, let's go eat. And yeah, that's and, it. And then we and see we each go. other. It's like nothing ever like changed. nothing ever changed, you know? I don't know. I see a lot of girls complaining. Oh, she doesn't hang out with me anymore. She she wants to hang out with this person. Like, nah, like, the boys are the boys no matter what, you know. It's just how it is. Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, it helps that we're both, you know, 
especially our relationship like we're both doing stuff you know we're trying to get things done being productive you're in real estate i was in the financial advisor role for a little bit so it's like we have common goals trying to make it you know so and then we took a well over the pandemic you know we kind of figured out you know what do we do next you know we're there sitting at home you know for the first couple months you know i was home you know, I mean, work for me, real estate, you know, kind of slowed down. Just, you know, the first couple of months, just think back, you know, we're almost at the year mark right now. Year, I mean, the first couple of months, people thought, you know, this thing was going to kill us all. Yeah. Spraying down groceries. Can't even, you can't even walk the block. Couldn't even go see your grandparents because you no have way. the virus. It wasn't worth it. Like the-, like the science just wasn't there yet. That's why everyone just freaked out. So the first couple, you know, months, I was... Pretty much home every day. And there's not really much to do. We're in the middle of the semester. So we were obviously doing work. Mm-hmm. Studying a little bit. But the rest of the day was PS4. You know, we don't have the PS5 back then. But PS4. <laughs> and it's just... And we just played. Like, there's nothing else to do. Watch movies and play. And, you know, workout. I mean, workout. Some people got good in-home workouts. It's tough. Yeah, it's, it's tough, tough when you're just home there. I, was, I mean, I did it for a couple weeks. And then had surgery. So... You got surgery this year? Yeah. In the middle of the pandemic, you know, I was down fishing at the Keys. Oh, I remember. My appendix, you know, just started hurting, hurting. And I went fishing that night, you know, not knowing. I thought it was just a little stomach ache. And, you know, just kept hurting, kept hurting. And then that night, we were out fishing till like 2 in the morning. And I'm on the way back in. And, I mean, it wasn't cold. It was in the middle, you know, probably like in May. And I was just like, man, like, I feel like I have a fever. Oh, maybe it's just a cold, you know, we're out late, we're a little bit wet. But now I got home, had a little fever still, went to sleep. Then I woke up and I was like, Mom, I'm still in pain. She goes, all right, let's go to the emergency room down in and Tavernier. And you felt the pain the whole time in The your... whole time, a little pain in the, like right next to my what, stomach. What was going through your head when you were feeling fever and like symptoms? I mean, like I that. just didn't really know. I've never experienced that. I mean, people only experience it once because they get it removed. But <laughs> my grandma had it removed and my mom was just... You know, looking up, you know, appendix, appendicitis, you know, what, what are the symptoms? I mean, I had the fever and I had the pain. Mm-hmm. So I went to sleep with it, you know, probably reached almost a 24 mark with the pain, which is pretty bad. You know, that thing ruptures, you're in serious yeah. danger. But I got to the hospital, you know, COVID rules. I was the only one allowed in the room. Oh, man. So it was just scary. I mean, I was just and there. How, how, like, deep in the year was this? Was this, like, early on when people still didn't know it what? Was, I think it was May, June, around okay. there. Yeah. So it was early, but it wasn't. It yeah, was still yeah. pretty early. Yeah, like, two, three months into the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I'm there by myself, you know, just trying to get my head around everything. You know, I got tested for the first time. That hurt. Which one? The nose test. Oh, yeah, that COVID test. Um. And then just everything just started rolling, like doctor after doctor coming in and then took me for a CT scan, CAT scan, my bad. And all of a sudden, you know, 15 minutes later, all right, let's go. You're going into the surgery room. I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, no, let's slow down a little bit. Let me call my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm over 18. So, I, I mean, at that point, it's like that you don't need any parent. True. You know, yeah, you can't fall back on that excuse like, oh, wait, let me yeah, you need yeah. the parents here. And they just said, you're going into the surgery room right now. I'm like, oh, let's slow down. You know, let's see if we can go to Miami. Let's see if we can 
Oh, man. I don't know, the man, because the Keys is not really known as the best <laughs> hospital. You know, I'm sure they've gotten a lot better, but, you know, that's just a reputation from years before. It's just like... Well, it's not comparable to... It's not to comparable here, to, you know? you know, a big hospital like here in Miami. So all of a sudden, you know, they just started bringing papers in. I had to sign my my life away pretty much that if I died, they're not responsible. And I said, you all right, let's go. <laughs> And had no other choice. Everything just started happening fast. Started putting IVs in me. I don't even remember going into the surgery room. You know, you were that like I was knocked up. Like they oh, put some man. stuff into my IV to relax. You know, I remember getting rolled out on the little bed, and I don't know. They were like shaving my stomach and shaving everything, and I just remember getting rolled in in the hallway, and I just don't remember anything after that. So right there is when you went like blackout. Blackout. And I woke up a couple of hours later, you know, I was still out of it. And I got to the room and I had to spend the night by myself in a little creepy hospital, you know. Yeah, no family. No, no family, nobody to see me, you know. It was just dark, dark. Like they didn't even have lights and on. It was just. You don't even know what they look like, you know. Yeah, They're all wearing masks. Face masks. The hospital was pretty much empty. I think it was me and I walked the hallway at night and just a couple other patients just felt like a really yeah, no weird... no one wanted to be in a hospital at that point, yeah, you know? It's it like... was just really weird. But that was pretty much a little pandemic. And, you know, after that, you know, me and Jose have been talking for a while. You know, what's next? Because, you know, I just graduated. Jose is getting there in the next semester. So, like, what's next for our life, you know? Yeah. For most people, I mean... At 21, you graduate and, you know, here starts the rest of your life, you know, working... Some people the same job, some people switch around, but starts the next step of your life, yeah, pretty the much. the next chapter of your life. It's a scary and, time. You know, me and Jose talked, we've been talking since high school about, you know, the future. You know, we've always talked about owning a business together, and we just talk, you know, what's next, what's next? And, you know, I talked to him, you know, let's go to, let's go to law school, you know. You know, we talked about our MBA other stuff but we said you know you know what gives us our best you know education moving forward you know and we just kept talking talking you know we're looking up you know people talking about it and we said let's do it and we both joined well first we bought books mm -hmm. like three four hundred page books i think we made it like a week and a half yeah that was brutal man and i'm just like man i can't I can't, I'm not one of those guys that just sits down and, you know, pounds 200 pages a and day. And these are, these are LSAT study books, huge, yeah. thick for the LSAT. And they're not even like fun to read. Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm not that type of person and never have, you know, ever since high school, you know, in high school, I don't really remember, you know, studying like, <laughs> oh, I got a test tomorrow. I got to study two hours the day before, like. I'll show up to school, <laughs> test this next period. All right, the period before, I'll pull out the little study sheet mm -hmm. from a friend and, you know, read it over and just take the test. I mean, I've never really been the person. I know you haven't been either. No, just I to, mean, it's just never, never. Like, was never know. stressed about school until obviously I got into UCF and then now some things are changing. But in high school, those habits that you build throughout high school. Your entire life basically wasn't there for us yeah like so i mean i didn't do so hot in the sat like i just didn't think it was important like 
okay, I got a, I mean, I got a decent SAT, mm-hmm. but I ended up at the same place that, you know, kids with extremely high SATs mm-hmm. took hundred something hours of SAT tutoring, but we're at the same place. So, yeah, you know, I, I just wasn't worried about school like that. And I'm not that type of person to just read, you know, read for fun. You know, I grew up, we grew up, you know, outside and playing basketball, yeah. you know, going to the park, manhunt, you know, manhunt in the street, falling the in the street, getting all scraped up. Yeah. That was just the way we grew up. We didn't grow up, you know, in a house, you know, reading a book. And I mean, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. You know, getting to this point of my life, I wish that I read a little bit more. Just because, you know, in the long run, obviously now you need it, you know. Oh, for sure. Well, I now we definitely need it a lot. Like, but Reading is important. But at the same time, I don't regret all those years, you know, playing outside, you know, hanging out with our friends, you know. I don't know. And you could do both. You know, you could yeah. do both. There's you a could, mix. Could, uh, we, we Pretty much, I only read probably like one summer reading book. I my entire it. career as a student you know like i once. read <laughs> i read trumpet of the swan sixth grade you know it was my i know i was going from public school to private school and i was man summer reading you know this is probably really important <laughs> like meanwhile all elementary you know i was pretty much you know faking the reading log i am pretty sure every kid <laughs> out there has done that yeah it's just you know reading 15 minutes a night as a 10 year old kid that's not really important like why do i need to read 10 minutes tonight no oh, when you're a kid i mean it's yeah you don't care at all man but we just i read jumper the swan and i realized man i could have passed this test without even touching the book never again <laughs> but then we uh so we finally decided you're you're pretty much the one that convinced me to to go to law school, like not completely. I've always had the idea in my head and my dad would push me all the time to get a law degree, get a law degree. He always says it's a ticket, basically a ticket to make money, Yeah. you know? So, and you and me both have always like envisioned ourselves as just meant for great things. You know, we're aspirational people, motivational people. We motivate each other and studying with you throughout this LSAT thing. I mean, it was tough, man. Yeah. Especially, I mean, take it back a couple years ago you know and this habit didn't start now it started in you know i think junior year you know we'd work out we started oh yeah we became workout partners and you know we would wake up at five in the morning five thirty in the morning to be at the gym by like five forty-five, six, to get a workout before school because after school you know we didn't have time we had basketball practice yeah, exactly. baseball practice so we had no time after school so we would get up at five thirty and you know, that takes a toll on you, you know. It came to the point, some you know, on Wednesday, that was like my day off of, from sports. Get home 7, 8 o'clock, go straight to sleep. That was like my day to catch up. But we pushed each other, you know, since junior year. You know, I would wake up at 5.30, man, I don't want to go to the gym today. But then <laughs> yeah, I get no, the text. If, 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 if I don't text you or if you don't text me, you call me right away like, yo, we're going to do this. I'm like, bro, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it every time. That was, that's how it was. I mean, 5.30 in the morning, man, I don't want to go. You never want to go. But then I'll get that text from you, yo, you ready? And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going. And me, I'm there in bed like, yo, you ready? <laughs> I'm not even. But you really, like, when it comes to working out, you never really want to work out, bro. Yeah. Like, it's like, 
for what? Like back then we had sports, you know. True. It's hard, man. And you know, I see people that do it consistently and I'm like, you know, good for them because you know, for me it's gotten harder, harder, harder by the year. It's not it's, you know, it's and it's part of your I guess your character, you know, being consistent with that just shows the kind of character you have in you. Being consistent with the gym is if you're consistent with the gym, you know, you look at other parts of that person's life and they're probably consistent exactly. with most of their stuff, yeah. you know. It's a discipline. Yeah, it's a discipline, you know. And that's what I think sports did for us throughout the years. Oh, yeah. Like, like most people see sports, you know, ah, it's just a game. But no, this, uh, sports taught us discipline, which is super important. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, if you don't put in the work... If you're not putting in the hours, if you're not working out at the gym, someone's going to take your spot. Someone's going to come and wreck you. you. Literally, wreck you. And it's the same in the business world, too. Yep. If you're not putting in the work, you're not putting in the time. It's the same in life. That's why it applies to everything in life. And that's something that we learn from from a young age. The competitiveness, it stays with you, man. Yeah. Very important. And I think in law school, it's going to help us a lot because we're competitive, bro. Yeah. Like, I look at the person next to me and... You know, I want to be better than that guy. It's just natural. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's huge to have, like, a friend like you in in your life, you know. Having that person that pushes you and you're, you know, you're in it together. You're not, you're not really competing against each other. You're, you're doing it together. You know, you push me, I push you. Yeah, exactly. And we have that go in our mind. Even if, let's say, we don't start the, the business, you know, you go a separate route. But, you know, we made it there together. You know, mm-hmm. we push each other every day. Because, you know, and this summer, it kind of proved that, you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, we started studying for that LSAT, you know, which has nothing to do with, with law school. Let's just put that yeah, out there. Yeah, like the information to study for the LSAT. Like, we don't know a thing about law when it comes to the law school admissions test. Like, there's no law on this exam. Yeah. Strictly logic games, reading comprehension, and interpreting words to find discrepancies in the language. and Yeah, and which... I mean, kind of does because you got to be able to read a lot of information and, you know, find loopholes, you know, comprehend it. But at the same time, it's like, like, what what did this test give me that's going to take me into law school? It's true. Nothing. No. Yeah, no. Because did I get smarter? No. I think I just learned the techniques I needed to pass the test. Yeah. I mean, it also gave us a sense that, like, man, if we could do this study something that we don't even know a thing about and we put in hours man we put in yeah we started what in june right probably with the books started june and we studied till august i think we probably had you know maybe one day a week of break in those yeah three months two months two and a half months and it was and it wasn't you know like a two-hour thing i think we we started at you know, at nine ten in the morning, and we'd go till five. Some days, there was, some days more. And there was the last couple of weeks. Was you know probably ten to like six seven, you know all day probably like a thirty minute lunch break. Yeah, but it was it was tough, and that and that's one thing that our tutor kind of, you know, warned us about that you know burning out, burning out, because this test. I mean, the hardest part about it was mental your mental state while studying. Like staying, you know, your fresh mind 
and you're just keeping your mind into it like oh i need to study today i need to you know do a couple problems today. i need to get better i need to read this no it gets it takes a real toll on you man like i'm i'm literally dreaming about lsat questions when yeah. i'm waking up i'm like dreaming about the lsat i'm like how am i seriously this insanely invested in this because all our day we'd be thinking about problems thinking about problems yeah and we and we did that for two months and to think look back on it now it's just man like we hit it hard no we hit it hard and it's just like a it's just like a worry a worry a worry you know you're you kind of have that that weight on your shoulders till you get your your score back oh yeah and for you i mean you aced it your first yeah try yeah, basically, basically us taking practice tests when you take the LSAT for those that haven't taken it. When you're taking practice tests, there's pretty much a score range where is your best. Like this is your best score that you could get on the LSAT no matter if one section is easier than the other. If one section is easier than the other, then the other one is harder. So your score is pretty much going to be about the same almost every time. So to hop on this Zoom call with the proctor there, and take this LSAT under all the stress that you're in. You know, you've been waiting and preparing for this for months. And to execute it, like, it's it's pretty, like, satisfying when you get the score that you wanted, you know? Yeah. And, you, I mean, that's what you got. You you aced your first try, you know. You knew the score you wanted to get, you needed to get, and you got it first time. You know, sadly for me, you know, I didn't get it. So I went through, a, what, another month? Probably. You still did. You still did solid on it yeah. i mean clearly it paid off because look at what you just uh the news yeah you know? i got in got into school that's all that counts you got you know? into the school that was our goal yeah that was our goal from the beginning basically so the u baby yeah matthew got accepted to um law school man it's crazy Can't believe it it's crazy it's ha- it happened yep and believe it or not dude this is like the first time in a while that i just feel like you know relaxed yeah because you just graduated from fiu I'm into the school, and I'm into the law school I want to go to. So this is like the first time in yeah, years, wow. man, that I just feel like, dude, like a weight came out of my came off my shoulders. And you feel it already, like it's already settled in yeah, you. Yeah, dude, I'm just like focused on work, and it's just, like, the next steps of my life are you know ready. They're they're there already. I don't have to worry about them. You know, they're just, they're set up already. Yeah, and now you have time to enjoy it. You have until yeah, eight months August to pretty much to work on your real estate. Yeah. And uh, how's that? What are you gonna be doing with your time these next few months? What's your short term goals? My my short my plans for these eight months, honestly, you know, I don't want to sit back and just you know waste them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I kind of want to wind back a little bit, you know, get my mind fresh because I know these next three years are gonna be you know difficult. But I don't want to you know just waste these eight months, you know. Since I graduated high school, you know, I've wanted to use my time wisely. Like, I don't want to just throw away this many months on just not doing anything. You know, I want to be able to grow in these eight months. So, I, I mean, I'm planning on working, you know, real estate, you know, pretty hard. Harder than I've been able to just because of school and then LSAT came and just a bunch of different things. Yeah. So, I'm probably going to work that a little bit harder. And then I want to get an internship, you know, in a sports law and you know, corporate law, just to see, you know, which route I want to take. Cause you kind of, I think you have like the first year to kind of decide and then try to, you know, figure out a route that you want to go. So I want to kind of shadow, you know, two, you know, attorneys in both fields just to get a sense, you know, see what I would like. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, work, 
shouldn't feel like work. You know, you should be able to go in and enjoy, you know, what you do each and every day. If not, you know. Yeah, it's just not worth it. You're going to be miserable. Yeah. I mean. No, people get stuck in that rut, man. You see it every day. See it every day. I think about it every day when I, especially driving through traffic, you see that person. Oh, man. Honk. Dude, I just picture everyone there being depressed, man. They're driving home from work and a bunch of traffic. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. And you see those Karens and just <laughs> driving through the street, you know, honking. And I'm like, man, what, what, what happened to her today? Yeah. Yeah. No, and, she's definitely had a rough day. And you man. hear about it all the time. Oh, I hate my job. I hate my job. Yeah, and those people that look forward to Friday and the weekend are like, "Oh, thank God it's Friday." It's like, man, thank God it's Friday. Like, you're you're pretty much just working this whole week, spending most of your money on crap to that you think is gonna make you happy, which really doesn't make you happy. You end up kind of broke, and then you repeat the cycle on Monday. Oh, yeah. Monday. Yeah. Damn, I can't believe it's Monday again already. Yeah. It's like. I don't want that for my life, man. I, I want to be able to enjoy what I do for the rest of my life, you know? And at least you're going to get to know what the real job is like. Because we could say, oh, I want to go into sports management or oh, I want to go into corporate law. But at the end of the day, we really don't know what the, especially the beginner job. Because we're going to be doing some like serious, tough labor work, not labor, but uh like yeah, mental like work that work. nobody wants. Yeah, yeah. All the work that these people that own the firm are going to be handing down to us to do. So that's pretty much, you know, how I want to spend these eight months. And then I also obviously want to unwind from school because this, I mean, these eight months, I kind of want to refresh. You know, think about it. I've been nonstop school for what? Since elementary school, yeah. pretty much. I don't know how many years, 12? Yeah, and not to be like a depressing or anything but this is pretty much like the last break yeah pretty much because you know after i graduate law school it's you know work to now it's real time to get the work till you retire you know what age who knows but till you retire pretty much it's your last break so i kind of want to you know going into you know spring now i think i might still you know coach just because I, I mean i love baseball so coaching don't tell the school but i probably do it for free <laughs> But I don't know. I just love, like, I love being out on the field because, you know, I have so many memories since I was a kid playing baseball. Like, we could literally sit here and talk for hours. And it's one of, some of the best memories ever, you know, playing in tournaments, you know, playing with your best friends pretty much growing up. You know, it's baseball is the game that, like, kind of, you know, made me who I am, the yeah. hard work and all that. So baseball, I mean, I always love to give back, you know, and I love, you know, I keep up with some of the kids I've coached in the last couple of years, man. They still call me, text me. I just like making a difference because I know I wouldn't be here without all the coaches that came through our path and, you know, mentored us and, you know, had a lot of coaches, you know, had a couple bad coaches, but I had some that just, they didn't really, they, they wanted to win. They cared about basketball, baseball, but the end of the day what made them you know happy was see you become a man and i keep up with some of the coaches still and they you know they're happy to see you you know where you're at you're at you know and they and they know basketball was just for a couple of years baseball exactly but to see you become a man that's what really coaches care about you know what the best coaches care about yeah you some as a coaches person. just see you as a, an object and they yeah they see you as they a want to win as a position 
on yeah. the team. Which that's still like the totally wrong way of seeing it. Even at the high school level, middle school level, college level, man, you know, you're a person and that coach needs to know, you know, his end goal is to make you a better man, a better father, soon to be father, let's say, and a better husband, you know, that's their, that should be their goal. And I mean, it's not wrong to want to win, but that's kind of your mentor. You know, they're like your second parents because Think about it. We probably spend more time with our coaches growing up than with our parents. Being at school all day, three-hour practices. You know, you saw your parents for two hours, and then you're in you're in bed. Yeah. So. And what coach do you think you would uh, credit a lot of your like emotions towards coaching, and like what what coach do you think had a big impact on you? Mm, it's tough because I've had a lot of good coaches, but probably the biggest one, Coach Amont. Just, I mean, he cared, like, he wanted to win, and he cared about winning, but he just, there's just something different, you know, he cared, he brought guys into the school, and, you know, he would make sure they were getting fed, had a place to stay, you know, had shoes to wear, clothes to wear, you know, he actually cared about his players, and yeah, he wanted to win, who doesn't want to win, of course. but at the end of the day, you know, what he cared about was seeing you become a man, and, you know, we keep up. Still to date, you know, all the time we text, you know, we call, we, you know, he invites me out to some open gyms, but, you know, he, even as like a, like a, a husband and a dad, you know, just the way he took care of his family. Like you see a lot of coaches that are young and, and they're just, they're not even at that stage. Yeah. But, you know, Amal was a, a leader to us and he was like a, a mentor to us just with the way he carried himself, you know, as a coach. And he always had our back, no matter what. You know, you got in a bad grade in school, you know, he'd do whatever he can to get you to fix that grade and pass that class. You know, he wasn't just a guy you saw out on the court and you mess up in school, you know, whatever. You're off the team, yeah. you know, he cared. No, and that's what a lot of people see, just the outside perspective of a coach there writing plays. All you think they do is write and call plays. But it's a, it's a big game, like basketball, baseball, those are – they have a big impact on us forever, man. So, some of the memories that you just you kind of carry the rest of your life, you know. You don't really remember, oh yeah, I won this game, I scored this many points, but you remember the type of coach you had forever. Mm-hmm. But I can remember every single coach since I grew up and how they were like, how they treated us, you know, the kind of coach they were, you know, what they taught us, and it just makes an impact on you know on kids. In general, which is super important, which I, I mean, I talk to a lot of people and I tell them, man, you know, put your kid in a sport, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, I prefer it to be football, basketball or baseball, but, <laughs> you know, put your kid in a sport, man, that sports teaches you so much like dedication, teaches you hard work and more, you know, I wrote that in my personal, you know, statement mm-hmm. for law school, you know, that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for baseball, you know. I had so much adversity throughout high school, college, you know, hurting my shoulder. I, when in high school, I hurt my throwing shoulder. Then my in college, I dislocated my shoulder, you know. And, I mean, there's so many times that you just want to, you know, give up, kick it to the curb, you know. Yeah, you walk know. us through a little bit more about the, the baseball journey, like, and how it not necessarily came to an end, but you it started to affect your body, you know, yeah. like, in a way. Like, what was your first time where you were like, hey, I'm yeah. not invincible, you know, because yeah. everyone thinks they're invincible in the beginning. We're working out every day, and then something happens. 
think it started probably junior year of my high school. You know, for as a freshman, sophomore, you know, me and my brother Nick were the only pitchers on the team, so we would we'd pretty much pitch twice a week, which, you know, a lot of people say you shouldn't be throwing more than this many, you know, pitches, but we were doing that twice a week. And I remember by the time I got to my junior year, you know, after two years pitching like crazy, just came to the point that every time I threw the ball, it was just hurt, hurt, hurt. Spent that summer in therapy. Then I uh, started my senior year. And I didn't throw the whole fall. I didn't pitch. Nothing. Because the pain. Because of the pain. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of reserve it for the season. So I still did like a throwing program and therapy. And I think I lasted like two games maybe. Senior year pitching. Which, I mean, I was a position player, but I was a better pitcher. And I think I would have made it farther if I was healthy. As a pitcher, but like in know, your whole baseball career in yeah, general, like in general, a, if I would have pitched, you know, I thought I think I could have made it farther than I did, but whatever. I mean, I knew, you know, kind of by senior year, you know, I couldn't really throw the ball without it hurting. So I'm like, you know, it's time to focus on hitting and outfield and, you know, try to make a team. And uh, at, at that point, I was pretty much, you know, I was getting interest from a lot of schools and. But it wasn't anything crazy, no D1s or anything like that. But, you know, I had the opportunity to play. And I had a couple of schools to choose from. And, you know, I decided to go to a small D3 in North Carolina. And, you know, finally did therapy that whole summer after senior year. And I was like, all right, it's time. You know, it's time to start. I thought it was going to be four years up there. But little did I know it was going to be one short year. So the fall, I started the season pretty healthy I mean I knew I wasn't gonna pitch anymore so you know I wouldn't have that strain but then one of the games in the fall I just dislocated my shoulder you know in a swing and man that thing hurt like crazy I mean you you felt it and you know I got you know I met with the doctor that Monday and And, and when it when it popped out did it pop back in yeah it popped right back in but it was still you know scorching pain I couldn't lift my arm for days which was a lot of pain I remember popping four Advils right after that. And I saw a doctor on Monday. He said, look, you, know, you can get surgery right now, but you're not going to play this whole season. Or you can, you know, try to rehab, hope it doesn't pop out, and, you know, keep playing. And he said that because you got an MRI and he saw the... No, he just he said... Just called when, he just called. He said, when you dislocate your shoulder, that means something is torn. That just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. And I said, you know, I didn't come 2,000 miles away I, I don't know how many miles, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> guessing 2,000 maybe to come and sit on the bench, watch the team play, you know, stay home when the team travels away. Like, I didn't come all the way over here to do that. Yeah. Spend a lot of money to yeah, go to school. we're from Miami, man. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be over here on yeah. a beach, you know, fishing. So I said, you know, let's give it a try. Rehabbed, you know, like crazy every single day. You know, while everybody's chilling, you know, working out, you know, go through a little, you know, practice for the day and go to their room, go to eat. You know, I had to be in therapy, therapy, therapy every single day. And then finally, season started, had no dislocations, and then finally first game, well, first game of the year, I didn't play. I just had one at bat, hit a, a double off the wall. And then that weekend, it was the first home se- weekend series, so my whole family was coming up, my parents, my brothers, my grandparents. And I was so excited, you know, it was your first time 
playing at the collegiate level and your parents there. Yeah, your whole family. Then. Yeah, so I went up and just dislocated my shoulder again, and it was the worst feeling ever. And at that point, it was, I think, two months since I, you know, touched the field again in therapy. You know, I, again, the doctor said, look, there's no point in playing. Like, just, it's going to pop out regularly. Just get your surgery now and be ready for next year. And I said, no, that's not going to happen right now. Rehab for two months with the trainer and just kept dislocating. Finally, they put, like, those football braces that limit your mobility so I could barely even swing. And... Yeah, just kept popping out, popping out. So whatever, you know. I finished the season. I played a couple games. I didn't play the full season. I think I played like twenty. And which which arm games. was it? My left arm. Okay. So it wasn't even the one I've been battling injury. Wow. So now but, both your arms are pretty, uh, pretty banged up. Yeah. Well, once fixed, thanks to you know surgery. But mm-hmm. I mean, one thing you know, instead of you know, I kind of was you know I was bitter about the situation for a while like why does this have to happen to me you know i've been dealing with injury for years and it wasn't until you know i was kind of like reflecting after surgery and back home oh man like why does this keep happening to me like why you know and it was kind of like you know i didn't realize it then but god like kind of leading you in a new way you know he was i guess he want he wanted you know baseball to be over he wanted me to focus on the next you know, three, five, ten years, because most people don't realize it, but these four years of college that so many people, you know, spend, you know, out partying and wasting time, these four years will make the next 40 years of your life. They're the most important four years of your life, man. Like, these years are what make you who you are for the next, you know, 40, 50 years, depends how long you work. And so important these years, and I think you know this, and then that's when I started. You know, instead of thinking of it as a negative, I started thinking. You know, I got the positive out of it. You know, you know this is good. You know, and I didn't realize it then. Like, dude, this taught me so much discipline and hard work, and dedication. Yeah, just the therapy itself, pushing through and recovering. That is all discipline, and and it's mental, man. It's mental. Gets to you, and I said, you know, it's time. And I, and I kind of got this from one of my friends, Adam, from high school. You know, he was our, like a big brother, you know, growing up on the baseball team. And I was a freshman, he was a senior. You know, he took us in as like a big brother. We'd hang out. He would take us to the tropical park and we'd work out and run and, and do, you know, ab workouts. And just stuff that a senior doesn't really care about a freshman doing. You yeah, know? of course. No one, no one does. And I kind of, you know, learned from him, you know, like a, like a mentor. He, I think he did the same thing, played one year of baseball, and he came back and just started grinding, you know, grinded school, started working at a company, you know. By the time he graduated, you know, he was at the level that most people wait two years, three years after they graduate to even get. Mm-hmm. But then he got that as soon as he graduated. And he came back from college just full swinging, you know, getting into his career. And that's the way it should be. I mean, nothing wrong with playing sports in college, I think, if I had the opportunity, I think I'd still do it, because obviously that's something you'll never get back. Yes. I'd die to, you know, put that basketball jersey on one more time or that baseball uniform and go out there and play. There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's it's great. It's fun. It teaches you a lot. You can make it farther than college. But for those that don't, you know, 
don't don't use that as an excuse to yeah exactly like waste three four years of your life like use it as a positive take everything you learned like for me i like to everything i do everything that happens to me i take like a like i think about it i reflect like i'm driving i don't barely listen to music i i'm always thinking thinking about random stuff when i drive and never listen to music literally never like recently or always for the last couple of years mm. like i don't i don't know i'm just not there jamming out i'm just there just thinking like what happened to me today and, and i always take like the positive out out of everything and all right this happened to me you know how can i learn from that and yeah yeah always you're always wanting more but you're grateful for what your day consists of like yeah, all the of course that's how it should be that's how it always should be. You you shouldn't be satisfied, but you should be grateful. It's two different things, you know, like the and that leads me a little bit into something else I want to talk to you about, which was um something that we have in common, which is both our parents are self employed and run their own businesses and what would you say like the type of impact because not a lot of people have that freedom. You know, in a way they're they're free to go to your games you know if yeah. they say hey i'm taking off work i'm gonna go see my son play and that means a lot to a kid you know when you're when your parents aren't there it has an impact on you and so we grew up with that mentality of of a ceo kind of yeah so what would you so like growing up i mean i just remember i don't think you know my parents if my parents missed the game you know it was probably something serious in their job going on or you know they're out of town I remember seeing your parents at every game also, mm -hmm. which is huge, you know, for especially for a kid, you know, every the, the fact that you can count on your parents, you know, look into the stands and see your parents there like means so much. Oh, yeah. And I felt so bad for the kids on our team that, you know, like they're they're like, "Nah, my mom can't come or you know, my mom hasn't been here." Mom, there's kids on our team that the parents didn't go to them. one game. Yeah, you don't they didn't even know, know the who parents. they were. Yeah. And it's so sad, but I mean, obviously you know, every family has sacrifices they have to make. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just grateful the fact that our parents run their own business and are able to take off, you know, hours out of their work and their company to be able to come and watch their kids play, which I think it's really important to every kid. And I see a lot of good examples. And then I see a lot of, you know, which you don't know what's going on in their life and what they're doing. But, like, come on, you got to take, you know, at least come to a couple games, you know, take some time and, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, when, when, as soon as you hit a shot, you want to look into the stands and see your yeah. family, your yeah. your friends. You know, it's just like a. It's huge. It's everything to you. But like, also, uh, like besides being there, like, it teaches us a work ethic too. To, from nothing, you could start something, and turn it into something amazing. I mean, it's like. It happens. That's. I mean, a lot of people talk about the American dream. That's what it is. This country is, is full of it. I mean, there's so many examples, especially here in Miami. Like, see these people come from Cuba and other, you know, countries with nothing. Because you literally... Literally nothing. Literally leave everything behind to come here. And, and a lot of people take that for granted. You know, I hate the United States. I hate the president. And you, you live in the United States. There's people that can't even, you know, walk across the street in other countries that... You know, and we're fortunate enough to be here, you know, and our parents came from nothing. You know, they had it tough. We grew up, you know, easy compared to them. But oh, they, yeah, well, way easy compared yeah, to but them. But <laughs> they, they came and they, 
you know, they achieved the American dream of, you know, starting a company, being able to support for a family, you know, there's so many people around the world that wish they were in our, in our shoes. And that's why we take advantage every day and make the most of it. Because for me at the position that I'm in, in my life, like it would be a disgrace for me not to graduate from high school, uh, from college. Like it, it would, that's how I would feel, honestly. The law school thing is like another step in the right direction that I personally want to achieve. But like, I mean, the position that we're in to, to do whatever we yeah. want, we're starting, I'm starting this podcast, you know, I mean, I'm, you could do whatever you want. You could literally do whatever you want. You You're have to li- take advantage of every single day, you know? I agree. And I mean, and then, I mean, college is not for everybody. And you hear a lot of people, you know, blast college on, on social media and stuff. College is not for everyone, which I agree. I mean, and it's definitely not, it's not, but you know, there's so many people around the world that will literally die to come get an education. And there's some people that just have it right in front of them and they just throw it away. Like, don't care. Don't put in the work. Like your parents are making sacrifices to put you into school, you know, take full advantage of it. That's the way I see it. You know, I, I never cared about school, but I never failed a class. And I've always tried to do the best I can. And that's what that's why we get along, bro. That's yeah. why we're boys, and we and we, because we have the same, uh, same mindset. Thought. Yeah, mindset Huge. when it comes to that. And if you don't want to go to college, dude, don't go to college, but do something. Like do something. Don't just sit around and or take only a few classes and like screw off, and and you're gonna end up finishing college in seven, eight years. I mean, and to those people that finish late, I say, hey, right on. Hey, you made it. You did it. Like, it doesn't matter when you do it. You did it. You accomplished something, and you need to be proud of that, and that's life. Maybe it just didn't turn out that way. But um, at the position that we're in, obviously, I just... And you see it. I owe it, We owe it to them. You know? Yeah, of course. You know, we owe it to our parents. And we, I see it a lot in class, you know, at FIU, you know. There's always those people, you know, people in their 40s, you know, getting an education are in class and it's not easy for them dude they just came off of work they probably have a family they're just yeah dude it's amazing it's beautiful and being you know kind of they probably feel weird you know they're in their 40s 50s and they're in a class with 20 year olds 18 year olds that are just it's not the same setting you know they can't feel comfortable yeah but i look at them and i'm like wow man like they're doing it dude that's inspiring yeah like doesn't matter how how late it is they're they're doing it because they want it they probably want a better future for their family and just to step up in their career man yeah it's just it's it's not like that's what I take um, away from it is that it's it's also a discipline like kind of just doing school like let's say you're not re- let's say I mean think about it we've taken so many classes over the years that we take a test from one of these classes um, we're probably not going to do too well. Yeah. But the discipline to, in the moment, be able to get it done and work through it and study for that test and pass that test, like that discipline can lead into your regular life, your regular job. You have these goals you want to achieve this week. Like you say you want to sell a house this week. Now you're going to put in, you know how to put in the work. So that's a takeaway from it. So, yeah, and it's not, it's not easy. You know, it's a lot of hours spent on canvas you know? oh yeah nobody likes canvas it's horrible man but it's, it's just part of of life and lately you know i've been 
you know, right now we're in the middle of remodeling our house. And just me and Nick have been, my brother Nick, we have been just doing so much, like, daily. You know, picking this up, picking that up. And we just feel like nothing has gone right. Oh, like, man. not one thing has gone, like, smooth. Like, every single part <laughs> of the of the remodel has had, like, a little hookup. And we had to fix it and go get more things and do this That's and life, take it bro. somewhere. Like we just had we just had doors coming. Half the doors came without paint on the back side of the door. <laughs> like you just think, how did that happen? But you know, the doors are getting installed next the next day, two days. So we had to fix we had to come up with a solution <laughs> and we did, you know, and we felt like nothing has gone right. But then, you know, I'm in my car, like again driving and I'm like Man, nothing has gone right. Everything has been like a challenge, a hiccup. But that's part of life. You gotta, you know, instead of there being there, you know, mad, upset, you know. And you, you are mad, like you're, yeah, you're, you're mad, mad, bro. I, I get mad sometimes. I'm like, Man. I was upset, like I was not happy, but I had the right mindset, and I was like, you know, this is part of life, and this is, you know, it's training you to overcome it. You know, think about a solution, and just figure it out. Like that's. That's the key to life. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like something I read like that Elon Musk said or something. Like you get paid in life by the difficulty of the problems you can solve or something like yep. that. And that's literally it. Like when I'm starting this, you know, these came in and they were crappy and I had to replace them. And it's like just just little things that everything can delay. You know, you drop paint on the floor, you screw something up, you break a wall. Like it's just like all these things that can tack on and it's like you can obviously it, it sucks when you prepare so much for something like you preparing for something and then just things that you didn't see coming screw it Happen, up yeah so it's like but that's life and also i know i don't know if you've thought of this but like me um obviously remodeling my house as you saw um i painted my room i'm just learning how to do handy things i filled the door and this is I've learned so much just from remodeling my own house that now when I go to hopefully buy a rental property and get a good price on it and I can help remodel it I'm in there working it's just like things that you learn so I'm like I'm taking this as a learning experience yeah for you, that next step I mean everything you learn in life you're gonna it's gonna carry on everything absolutely even yeah. you know we, we our English class we had you know book that we had to do program grammar <laughs> like man we hated it you know we we never did the work we just flipped the page and copied the answer but we've i mean i don't know about you but i've used it you know dude a hundred percent i was in my freshman year in an english class and dude i was acing those grammar tests and there were kids in my in my class that didn't know what an adjective was didn't know what a simple you know, yeah, punctuation yeah. was, and it's sad, man. But we complained so much about it. But, and our teacher always told us, Miss Oakson always told us, you're gonna, you're gonna use this eventually. Oh yeah, and she was right. She was 100 yeah. percent right. And, not only use it, but it gave us a step up on, so many people, man. It's true. Like when I was at, Miami Dade for those two years, like taking those two English first two English classes, like. I was the guy's favorite student because I would just be like. um and answer it and he'll be like he told me to stand up give him a hug i'm like dude but no one knew yeah and we somehow learned it 
through all that. But what else? Uh, what else are your? I I see. How do you see your life panning out? Like, cause I know you're a forward-thinking guy. Yeah. So, what do you see before you're thirty? Let's just. I mean, can't give up too much of our little business plan. True. But true. By thirty, you know, I talk to you about it. You know, I want to be running our own company. Mm-hmm. And what? Right now, I don't know. But I'm always thinking. You know, people. I see so many people, you know, living like in the moment, you know, hey man, it's Thursday. Let's go to a happy hour. Let's go out this place. Like, no man, I'm saving money. You know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm 21 years old, but I'm already thinking about my family, my kids, my, not my grandkids yet, but (laughs) my family, you know, my wife and my kids. And I'm thinking about their future. You know, that's what gets me going. And the fact that I'm going to have to support a family. And I I grew up nice. We grew, we both grew up nice. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing crazy. We always had what we wanted, what we needed. But I always, and I always think to myself, I, I want to provide for my kids and make their life better than mine. I mean, we grew up really, really, really good. So <laughs> you're going to have to do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm already thinking, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ahead about my family, my kids, my wife, and wanting to support them. You know, I'm not living in today. You know, I'm not living for today. I'm not living for what we're going to do tonight with the boys or whatever. Yeah, and part of going to law school is you're not only going to law school, okay, and putting in all that time, but you're also missing out on just getting a job because yeah. you could easily just get a job right now somewhere. Literally just get a job and, you know, make a decent income and... I'm missing out, you know, probably over a hundred fifty thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollars, maybe yeah, more. Maybe more, probably more. First three years out of college, you know. For sure. But I know, and that's what it's. What I'm losing out on is what's going to cost me to go to school, you know. But I'm using it as an investment into my life, my education, because I know it'll pay off, you know, five years down the road. So by the time I'm thirty, you know. We're going to have our own business in what? I don't know yet, but stay tuned. Quit our jobs and say, you know what? Let's do it. We're nine years away, so stay tuned. Yeah, we'll see where it takes us, man. But I think that's a good spot to end this podcast. Thank you for being here, man. It was great talking to you. Thank you, my bro. And always remember, stay real.